Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. Hi, <laughs> was I, I got you? Did I trick you there with maybe a big lead up, a big wind up to saying, hey, what's up? No, I didn't. Well, I tried. Hey guys, it's me, Nick, your lovely host of Nick's Nerd News. How are you guys doing? It's hot as shit here. Well, no, it's not that hot. I'm kidding. I know it's hot everywhere else, but it's like our first week of just like straight 80s in months and slowly adjusting to the heat again but no it's been it's been a good uh good week since last week's episode of course a lot of big news dropped uh, in the last few days for sure and we're gonna talk about all of it um but but how are you guys doing we're in the middle of july can you believe it well kind of middle of july yeah hey it's the middle of july oh i i I don't know what I'm rambling about. I'd never know what I'm rambling about. Do you guys know what I'm rambling about? Because I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's fun, right? It's fun to be confused forever. Anyway, what are those top three stories? Well, let me talk about them now real quick. The judge in the Fbox, Fbox, Xbox versus FTC uh, trial, well, not trial, but hearing, in regards to an injunction the FTC wants to put, the judge blocked it. So essentially the, the deal can essentially go through, uh, but then the FTC decided to appeal it today. We also learned the Emmy nominations. Uh, those all came out today, and boy, are there some good ones and some prizes. And some prizes. Surprises. I can't talk today. I don't know why. Makes no sense. But we're having fun, right? And of course, the biggest news of all things, it happens to be movie news, is official set photos from Deadpool 3 released by both Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman before high-res versions were released. We finally get to see the outfit Hugh Jackman will be wearing as Logan, as Wolverine in Deadpool 3, and it's the comics-accurate yellow and blue suit. Oh, how we've waited so long. 20 years now since the first X-Men movie dropped. And we finally get Wolverine in a comics-accurate costume. Also, some other set photos have teased some rumors that I... Not rumors, sorry, but theories I've held about the film. We'll talk about that in a bit. Before we get deep into the show, though, don't forget to check out NixnerNews.com where you can listen to the show right in your browser. Or if you're feeling lucky, why don't you, you subscribe to the show on one of the numerous podcast places you can find us. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts. Hey, guess what? We're also on iHeartRadio. We're on all the big ones, so check us out. Also, follow us on social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're even on Threads. Threads is where it's at, right? Am I right? I don't know. Also, check out our Discord, Nixner News. That way you guys can interact with other listeners of the show. It's kind of a barren wasteland right now. So why don't, why don't we get some people in there? Uh, no, I'm kidding. Whatever you guys want to do. Hey, like us, share us, subscribe, poke us, throw us, mute us. I, whatever you want to do, go ahead and do it. I'm not going to hold anything against you. So if you guys want to interact with me, though, social media is the place. Also, check out my personal TikTok. That's where I post a lot of fun stuff. In regards to the show, I've been showing off my collection lately. So, I want you guys to head over to those places. Before you do that, though, why don't you stick around and listen to today's show, shall we? Alright, so what's going on in the video game world, right? That's always what we start with. Why am I reminding you? It's always fun. Anyway, Super Mario Brothers movie will be available to stream on Peacock. Starting August 3rd, so just a few weeks from now. If you guys have been holding out, waiting for the movie, 
It's great, by the way. I reviewed it a few weeks back. No big deal. You guys can always go back and listen to no. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so NBA 2K24, we finally know who the cover athlete is. And in no surprise, because it's NBA 2K24, Kobe Bryant is on the cover. Like, let's be realistic here. There, there's, there was no other option. Kobe is 24, right? Yes, I know he used to wear eight, but like 24 is Kobe. And if if they were really going to try and not have Kobe on the cover, I think there would have been a riot. <laughs> let's let's be honest with that one too. But no, no, no. It's 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 fun. It's fun. It's it's great. It's it's a good thing that Kobe's on the cover. And uh, we're also getting crossplay for the first time in NBA. So you will finally be able to play your friends if they're on different consoles on NBA. So that that's a great addition. Uh, drops later this year. So, we got a new trailer for Mortal Kombat 1, essentially highlighting the Lin Kuei uh, fighters. So, if you don't know what that is, that means, you know, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and yes, Smoke as well. So, Smoke will be a playable character in Mortal Kombat 1. I don't think he's been a playable fighter in quite a while. Uh, they also showed off Kenshi as well, uh, some other cameo fighters, which is a new mechanic they're adding where cameo fighters are essentially like fighters that help you in 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 the main fights in the game. Uh, they're not technically they're not playable per se, but they will be there to to assist. And it looks like Scorpion will be both a regular fighter and a cameo fighter uh, as well. So if you guys want to check that out, that is online. You can see all the awesomeness. Also, Rain was shown off. Looks like Rain will be a villain uh, in the game. Sega executives have been very vocal as of late. They are denouncing the blockchain. One of the few gaming uh, in gaming developers, I guess you could... I, I don't know what they are anymore. Are they a publisher? Are they a dev? At this point, it, it's, <laughs> it's all up in the air with them. But an executive at the company kind of spoke out against blockchain. Uh, blockchain obviously is a big fun buzzword in the gaming industry lately, but... And uh, they're kind of stepping away from it. Like, they, they started dipping their toes. They've, they backed away. There was a Sonic the Hedgehog game um, that w had, like, blockchain elements. Looks like they're going to be withholding uh, its biggest IP from those types of game anymore. Uh, speaking with Bloomberg, co-chief of Sega, Shuji Utsumi, <laughs> essentially called all blockchain games boring. He said, quote, the action in play-to-earn games is boring. What's the point if games are no fun? Unquote. I mean, I agree, right? Why? Why? There's people that play to win a lot of games, right? Because they want to be, they want to be at the top of the leaderboard and all that shit. Shit. So, it, it's 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 wild to me. He also followed up with saying, "Quote: For the majority of people in the video game industry, what blockchain advocates say may sound a bit extreme, but that's how the first penguin has always been." We should never underestimate them, unquote. So yes, blockchain is getting thrown around a lot. HTML3 or Web3 or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't even remember. Like, like blockchain is similar to what's going on with, with cryptocurrency and NFTs and stuff like that. Obviously, we've seen it kind of dip in popularity and it's, its heyday has kind of fallen off a bit, right? Um, but... Its implementation in other industries is still there. It's still potential for it. How it interacts with the video game world, not so great so far. But that could change, obviously, in the coming years. But we'll see how that all gets implemented, if it gets implemented one day. Capcom has announced that they want to keep making Mega Man games. Uh, they're looking for ideas, though, but they are not going to let that franchise sit dormant, and, and I think that's a, a smart move for them. Uh, meanwhile, they also announced that Street Fighter VI has already sold 2 million copies in a short amount of time, so there's no, no danger in the, the Street Fighter world. I mean, was there any ever doubt, though? Um, also, we learned in terms of Exoprimal, their new 4V PVE uh, game where you fight dinosaurs in mech suits. It will have cross-play, but it won't allow you to create parties, cross-party creation. So 
there will be cross-platform matchmaking. There won't be cross-platform party creation, which a little frustrating in, in 2023. But we'll see what happens with that game. Uh, we learned that Baldur's Gate 3 will allow you to have wild shape sex. And if you're wondering, Nick, what the fuck is wild shape? Well, in Baldur's Gate, which is based on Dungeons & Dragons, there is uh, the druid characters have the ability to take on a wild shape. They can turn into an animal. Well, one of, the, one of your party members can turn into a bear, and uh, you can fornicate with said bear. I'm not talking more on that. That's, I'm just going to leave that with you guys. I'm going to let you guys percolate on that on your own. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, EA has announced UFC 5. It's returned to uh, MMA fighting. More news will be announced later in the year. Uh, and then they also announced a new Black Panther game. So yes, EA will be making another Marvel game. Uh, this, of course, being based on the Black Panther franchise. Apparently some developers that used to work at WB Montreal, who uh, worked on Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor, and no release window or platforms were announced. It will be a single-player action-adventure game, and it will be based at EA's new Seattle studio, Cliffhanger Games. Nothing else has been announced. It will be a third-person, single-player game. In addition with Marvel Games, uh, a logo was shown off. Kevin Stevens is the project lead. He worked at Monolith as the studio head and worked on Shadow of Mordor franchise, so both games. So, some other people who worked on that game, veterans from 343 Infinite, from Santa Monica Studio, um, from Call of Duty Studios, have all joined Cliffhanger. And uh, no word yet on when it will release, though. So we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, the a new trailer for the Twisted Metal show, which drops on Peacock later this month, has dropped. Looks like it's upping the comedy factor on that show. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about that in terms of if it will be a blessing for the show or not. I I feel like you have to keep. I, you can't go too serious, right? I mean, it's about a show with a sadistic clown not wearing a t-shirt and cars with guns. But who knows? <laughs> who knows? Uh, that drops on July 27th. An actor who is very prevalent in the Metal Gear franchise has uh, spoken out in regards to fans and AI companies using his vi voice. Uh, Paul Eidling... Iding, excuse me, who voiced Colonel Campbell in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, uh, has come out against, you know, his voice being used in other things. Um, he's also voiced Transformers, Fallout, and other things. Uh, he tweeted saying, quote, If you do not have written permission to use my voice, you do not have permission to use my voice, including AI use. Doing so is a violation of my legal rights and a real slap in the face, unquote. Interesting. The fight over AI voice use and things like that are are going to be um, on the rise as of late. Um, this is also in regards to uh, Erica Lindbeck, who is a voice actress as well, speaking out against it. And wow, um, that's uh, I. Like, does that mean you can't use, like, their voice clips on, like, TikToks and stuff? I, or does that fall under fair use? I'm, I'm a little thrown off, I guess. But it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out, uh, especially in the, in the fight against AI uh, as of late. So if you, like me, grew up in, obviously, the 90s, or if you're younger than me and, and you're growing up now and it's it's becoming increasingly harder to, to A, find old consoles, uh, B, find affordable old consoles, or C, find games for said consoles, you're not alone. In a new study um, that was handled 
by the digital archives um, has found that, uh, excuse me, the Video Game History Foundation, uh, a new study has found that 13% of games made before 2010 uh, are commercially available. So any game made before 2010, 2010, only 13% of them are still commercially available, which that's a very small percentage point in the reality of things, in the scheme of grand scheme of the multiverse, if you will. So it, it, it's, it's, they're comparing it to like classic movies, right? Um, and one of them said, quote, imagine if the only way to watch Titanic was to find a used VHS tape and maintain your own vintage equipment so that you could still watch it. And what if no library, not even the Library of Congress, could do any better? They could keep and digitize that VHS of Titanic, but you'd have to go all the way there to watch it, unquote. So the Video Game uh, History Foundation is, is trying to build a catalog of every game, if you will. Um, and they, they likened it again to silent films. So about 14% of silent movies and pre-World War II audio recordings are in that range. Only 14% of silent movies are available commercially, and only 10%, maybe even less, of pre-World War II audio recordings are commercially available or available in general. Um, it examined... So the Video Game History Foundation, this is, so this is via IGN, they f analyzed... What was this? More than 4,000 video games released in the United States before 2010 with a special focus on Commodore 64, Game Boy, and PS2 games. Um, so, the Commodore 64, which was released in 1982, is, quote, abandoned ecosystem with the lowest level of commercial interest, and then, the, unquote, and the Game Boy is, quote, neglected, unquote, PlayStation 2 active, quote, unquote. So... The, they called the situation dire. Obviously, limited run games um, is, is a big proponent of releasing old games. Uh, the CEO of them said that a single port of an old game can cost up to $350,000 just to get it working on modern consoles. Um, obviously, we'll, we don't know if this will have any effect on the industry as a whole. I'm sure that... You know, in a lot of these developers and publishers' archives, they have copies. Uh, sometimes the source code is lost. In the, uh, maybe they can't even get the game anymore. But there's a lot of a lot of things that go into lost video games, and uh, it's a shame that in the beginning there wasn't a lot of attention paid to it. Wow, that's a fun topic, right? <laughs> anyway. A uh, new announcement was made for characters being added to, I think, Season 4 for Warzone 2, Call of Duty Warzone 2. And it is a partnership with the boys. So, I think they're out now. Starlight, Black Noir, and Homelander have all been added as operators in Call of Duty Warzone. Look, I get Black Noir, but Starlight and Homelander? Like, where's Butcher, if anything? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Sega of America has officially, officially, officially unionized. There's been talk for weeks, months now, really. Well, more than 200 workers out of the both Irvine and Burbank office have voted today to unionize under the Allied Employees Guild, uh, improving Sega. That is the banner. They will be under the Communication Workers of America main union. Uh, took place two days ago, Monday, with 91 voting yes, 26 voting no, 19 challenged ballots and three voided ballots. So this includes people in brand marketing, games as a service, localization, marketing, product development ops, sales, quality assurance, and others. So uh, they've been talking about it since April, and it looks like they have officially voted to do it. It will make it the largest multi-department union of organized workers in the games industry, joining several other studios, including the QA workers for ZeniMax, um, and workers at Activision Blizzard, obviously, that have been trying to unionize. So, that's official. Uh, also, um, Evan Wells, who was the co-head of Naughty Dog, has retired after 25 years, 
and has our co-president is official title now leaving Neil Druckmann as the sole president of Naughty Dog, um, making this uh, crazy that he's now the official head studio leadership. Um, obviously, it will uh, lead to some changes at the studio. But I, if anything, if anyone's going to be fine leading a studio, losing their their partner, uh, co-partner and lead. It, it, it's going to be Naughty Dog. Neil Druckmann, while he does have his hands in a lot of pop buckets and baskets right now, I, I think he'll be okay leading Naughty Dog into its future. Also, in the strangest thing to be announced in gaming, Gex the Gecko is returning and will be on modern consoles as Limited Run Games has announced the Gex the Gecko collection and it will be on Switch, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One and Series S and X. Yes, Gex the Gecko of all games. Of all games to come back. But, of course, the biggest gaming news, of course, is in regards to the Xbox versus FTC. I, I guess it's, it's not a trial, per se. It was a hearing. The FTC was seeking an injunction to block the merger. Well, Judge... Jacqueline Scott Corley has ruled in favor of Microsoft. Uh, I have recently learned that her son does work for Microsoft, and this information was known at the beginning. A lot of people are calling conflict of interest, and, and she should have recused herself. Uh, I will follow this up with, though, the FTC was fully aware, and Microsoft actually asked for a different judge, of all things. Um, but the FTC pushed ahead, so... If you're going to call it unfair or, or you know, should vacate the, the findings because she should have recused herself or conflict of interest, the FTC knew all that. So we're not going to go into that, really. But the judge has, in her final ruling, she said, quote, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision has been described as the largest in tech history. It deserves scrutiny. That scrutiny has paid off. Microsoft has committed in writing, in public, and in court to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for 10 years on parity with Xbox. It made an agreement with Nintendo to bring Call of Duty to Switch, and it entered several agreements for the first to, for the first time, bring Activision's content to several cloud gaming services. This court's responsibility in this case is narrow. It is to decide if, notwithstanding these current circumstances, the merger should be halted, perhaps even terminated, pending resolution of the FTC administrative action. For reasons explained, the court finds the FTC has not shown a likelihood it will prevail on its claim this particular vertical merger in this specific industry may substantially lessen competition. To the contrary, the record evidence points to more consumer access to Call of Duty and other Activision content. The motion for a preliminary injunction is therefore denied. Unquote. So... It, it's it's obvious. Look, I've said this for a long time now. The case the FTC was making was going to lose. They they were so hyper focused on Call of Duty and how it would affect Sony and not how it would affect consumers. Now, a case can be made that it can affect consumers. We don't know yet. Given Microsoft's history, it might be painfully obvious. Again, that was old Microsoft. There's potential for new here. Right. Also, Sony has shown to be much more aggressive in terms of, of their exclusivity deals, and that was shown in the case. The judge even called out the testimony of, of, of Jim Ryan, um, calling it not enough to, to sway her. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing here. But uh, also, it came out that at least... A million different documents, and this is, this is again from the judge, it says, quote, there are no internal documents, emails, or chats contradicting Microsoft's stated intent to not, not to make Call of Duty exclusive to Xbox consoles. Despite the completion of extensive discovery in the FTC administrative proceeding, including introduction of nearly 1 million documents and 30 depositions, the FTC has not identified a single document which contradicts Microsoft's publicly stated commitment to make Call of Duty available on PlayStation and Nintendo Switch. Unquote. So again, it, it's, it's 
obvious that it, it, financially also they, they realize if they don't put it on everything, they're going to lose money. And they're not about to do that. Um, it, it's very in, interesting. A million documents were scanned. Jesus Christ. Um, that, that's wild to me. Um, wild. Uh, from that news, though, we saw Activision Blizzard share price uh, move up. Obviously, that was always going to be a plus. Um, it looks like it went up to $92 per share. It used to be lower. I don't even see what the older one was. No surprise there. Uh, but in the wildest news, the CMA and Microsoft actually announced a pause on their uh, investigation, essentially. So it's um, it looks like... The CMA, they announced in a joint statement, um, uh, essentially that they were going to pause uh, pause the investigation. So, CMA uh, released a statement saying, whilst merging parties don't have the opportunity to put forward new remedies once a final report has been issued, they can choose to restructure a deal which can lead to a new merger investigation. Microsoft and Activision have indicated that they are considering how the transaction might be modified and the CMA is prepared to engage with them on this basis. These discussions remain at an early stage, and the nature and timing of the next steps will be determined in due course. While both parties have requested a pause in Microsoft's appeal to allow these discussions to take place, the CMA decision set out in its final report still stands, unquote. So, while they have paused it, they are going to talk things out and potentially lead to uh, the merger being approved in the UK. Uh, but, again, they have... As stated, if things get a little too wonky, even in the restructure, the investigation could be reignited. Um, we have also learned, though, that now the FTC, as of today, has decided to appeal the verdict given by Judge Corley. Um, so it looks like it. it they're they're trying to fight over. Precedent, which is a huge deal in, in, in U.S. legal in legal cases. Uh, they were leaning towards doing an appeal, but now they are 100% going to be um, appealing the, the issue. So it's um, interesting to see what will happen. And if this sh shouldn't slow the process down, uh, but it could eventually lead to, say the merger goes through, if this appeal goes through, they might have to fully divest in the future, even after the, the merger goes through, which would also be a wild thing. But that is it for gaming news today. I know it's a lot. Uh, the Microsoft Activision deal, we thought it was finally going to be over, but it's not, and it will drag out for a lot longer. Uh, the original official closing date was supposed to be the 18th. We'll see if that happens next week. Other than that, let's head on over to see what's going on in the TV world, shall we? So, what's going on in TV, huh? Well, not a whole lot. It is the summer. So, uh, Amelia Clark, who is currently starring on Marvel's Secret Invasion on Disney+, Plus, recently decided to... Uh, uh, that's a weird way to phrase it. I guess someone asked her about green screen acting and went on a defense of it, uh, speaking with the Los Angeles Times. She said, quote, the stigma is that people don't do any acting in these shows. But then you're like, well, then why are they asking all these great actors to do it? And why are they saying yes? Uh, the, the cast is ri ridiculous. I was like, where do I sign? Uh, unquote. So it, it, realistically, um, and, and it comes up with other actors and actresses as well. Like, yes, I know there's that famous quote from Ian McKellen when he was on the set of of uh, uh, The Hobbit, which was like all green screen and just like, what am I even doing? Then you have people like this. Obviously, a lot of things are different now, especially with the volume uh, and, and, and things like that. But it, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? It's, it's all these different tools involved. Obviously, movies and shows are going to be better when they're on a real physical set, right? Well, not always. I mean, look, look at like some TV shows on like sound stages, right? But look at shows, look at, look at the difference of Andor and The Mandalorian, right? Andor felt more real, more lived in, and 
that again had to do with it being shot on location um, versus you know the Mandalorian, which is mostly shot on the volume. It's a it's a very different different thing, um, and they they come out looking very different as well. But some things come out looking good on a green screen as well, and I, I think that it it's an important distinction, right? So her defending it, totally on board with. Uh, other actors being against it, totally understand as well. It's a very interesting take, um, but it's it's a good one and one that I think is a, a good, important conversation to, ha to have, especially given the future, right, uh, of the of the industry, and and that's a a very good thing to think about. And we'll see what happens in the future, though, of course. A lot of things are always changing in the industry. Uh, despite recent upheaval in the DC Universe and DC shows and movies and everything like that, James Gunn has confirmed that the Doom Patrol Season 4 Part 2 will still air. There's no worry about that not getting put online. Uh, the Wheel of Fortune over at Amazon will be getting an animated prequel film to, to release sometime in the near future. Um... We got a new trailer for Ahsoka, and we finally got an official image of, um, why can't I think of Mickelson's brother's name right now? Uh, Hunt, no, it's not, no, um, Mads is obviously his brother, and why can't I think, uh, Lars, Lars Mickelson, I don't know why, he, we got his official look as, um, Grand Admiral Thrawn as uh in ahsoka uh this is an, this trailer image an image of him as thrawn in live action of course leaked back when star wars celebration was happening back in april in the uk now we have the official look uh, a lot of people are happy to see the a wing or e-wing <laughs> from legends um the e-wing is a ridiculous ship that exists in star wars legends and is now going to be in live action um but no, I digress. Uh, the Ahsoka trailer looks very good. I am very hyped. We are getting a two-episode premiere come August 23rd. That cannot happen soon enough. Um, some big stories, too. There's something going around on Deadline. I, I don't know. It, it's from an unnamed studio executive. So, again, take it with a grain of salt. But this unnamed studio exec essentially says that the studios don't want to um, don't want to negotiate at all with the Writers Guild of America and want them to go broke essentially so it's it's uh, it's interesting for them to take that take because that's a pretty pretty harsh take. Um, obviously they're not negotiating in good faith again re in reality the, these aren't this isn't like normal union negotiations but uh, it says quote the end game is to allow things to drag on until union members start losing their apartments and losing their houses unquote they also said it was quote a cruel but unnecessary evil unquote look if that happens and then the screen actors guild goes on strike like they've already voted to, Hollywood grinds to an actual halt. And I don't think anyone wants that. But to be honest, it needs to be handled a little bit differently, if you ask me. Because if it, and I've been talking about this for weeks, this is what happens when you let Wall Street take over Hollywood. They took over Hollywood, and they've turned it into a big numbers game. Always was a numbers game, but it, it became a bigger issue of a numbers game. It turned into making sure it was about the bottom line and the investors, okay? That's just, it destroyed Hollywood completely. And we're, we're seeing the ramifications of that yet again. And... You know what? Whatever, man. It, 
at this point, why? Why even bother anymore? Just let AI take over. It's going to be dog shit, but apparently anything to save a buck. Well, when people aren't watching anymore, you're not going to be making the bucks anymore. Um, so stupid. Anyway, let's talk about the Emmy nominations real quick before we talk about Secret Invasion. So, the Emmy nominations came out. The show is sometime in the near future. I don't remember when the Emmys air. Not long from now, though. But, uh, when is this? September 18th. But, we know... Look at that. HBO walking away with the most nominations, as always. Anyway, for shows with the highest, you had Succession, The Last of Us, The White Lotus, and Ted Lasso, the top four with more than 20 nominations each, uh, Succession with 27. Um, By network, uh, HBO, HBO Max had 127, followed by Netflix with 103, and uh, Hulu with 64, rounding out the top three there. And then uh, Apple TV Plus with 54. Wow, that's a lot. Um, Stars had the least, I think. <laughs> that sucks. Um, no, but a, but a lot of nominations. So, Outstanding Drama Series, Andor got nominated. Uh, Better Call Saul, The Crown, House of the Dragon, The Last of Us, Succession, White Lotus, and Yellow Jackets. Outstanding Comedy Series, you have Abbott Elementary, Barry, The Bear, Jury Duty, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Only Murders in the Building, Ted Lasso, and Wednesday. Outstanding Limited or Anthology Series, you have Beef, Dahmer, Monster, The Jeffrey Dahmer Story, Daisy Jones and the Six, Fleischman is in Trouble, and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Outstanding Actress in a Lead in a Drama, you have Bad Sisters, um, Sharon Horgan, Melanie Linsky in Yellow Jackets, Elizabeth Moss in The Handmaid's Tale, uh, Bella Ramsey in The Last of Us, Carrie Russell in The Diplomat, and Sarah Snook in Succession. Lead actor in a drama series, you have Jeff Bridges in The Old Man, Brian Cox in Succession, Kieran Culkin in Succession, uh, Jeremy Strong in Succession, Bob Odenkirk as Better Call Saul, and Pedro Pascal as Joel. Look at that. Three, four nominations for Succession in the top lead actor category. Lead actress in comedy series, you have Christina Applegate in Dead to Me, Rachel Brosnahan in Marvelous Miss Maisel, Kinta Brunson in Abbott Elementary, Natasha Lyonne in Poker Face, and Jenna Ortega in Wednesday. Actor in a comedy series, you got Bill Hader in Barry, Jason Siegel in Shrinking, Martin Short in Only Murders in the Building, Jason Sudeikis in Ted Lasso, and Jeremy Allen White with his first nomination in The Bear. Uh, lead actress in a limited or anthology or movie, Lizzie Kaplan, Fleischman is in Trouble, Jessica Chastain, George and Tammy. You have Dominique Fishback in Swarm, Katherine Hahn in Tiny Beautiful Things, Riley Keough in Daisy Jones and the Six, and Ali Wong in Beef. Lead actor in a limited anthology or movie, Taryn Egerton in Blackbird, Kumal Nanjiani in Welcome to Chippendales, Evan Peters as Jeffrey Dahmer in Dahmer. Daniel Radcliffe as Weird Al, Michael Shannon, George and Tammy, and Stephen Yun in Beef. Act supporting actor in a comedy of Anthony Kerrigan and Barry, Phil Dunster in Ted Lasso, Brett Goldstein in Ted Lasso, James Marston in Jury Duty, Eben Moss Bacharach in The Bear, one of my favorite characters, uh, Tyler James Williams in Abbott Elementary, and Henry Winkler in Barry. Act supporting actor in drama, you have Ephraim Abraham in The White Lotus. Nicholas Braun as Greg Hirsch in Succession, Michael Imperioli in The White Lotus, Theo James in The White Lotus, Matthew McFadden in Succession, Alan Ruck in Succession, Will Sharp in The White Lotus, and Alexander Skarsgård in Succession. Supporting actor in a limited or anthology series or movie of Murray Bartlett in Welcome to Chippendales, Paul Walter Hauser in Blackbird, Richard Jenkins in Dahmer, Joseph Lee in Beef, Ray Liotta in Blackbird, Young Mazzino in Beef, and what is this, uh, Jesse Plemons in Love Death, Love and Death. Out, su- outstanding Supporting Actress in Comedy, you have Alex Borstein, Marvelous Miss Maisel, Ayo Edebiri in The Bear, 
Janelle James in Abbott Elementary, Cheryl Lee Ralph in Abbott Elementary, Juno Temple in Ted Lasso, Hannah Waddingham in Ted Lasso, and Jessica Williams in Shrinking. Supporting actress in a drama, you have Jennifer Coolidge in The White Lotus, Elizabeth Debicki in The Crown, Megan Fahey in The White Lotus, Sabrina Impacciatori in The White Lotus, Aubrey Plaza in The White Lotus, Rhea Seahorn in Better Call Saul, uh, J. Smith Cameron in Succession, and Simona Tabasco in The White Lotus. Supporting actress in a limited anthology or movie, you have well, Anna Lee Ashford in Welcome to Chippendales, Maria Bello in Beef, Claire Danes in Fleischman is in Trouble, Juliette Lewis in Welcome to Chippendales, Camilla Maroney in Daisy Jones and the Six, Niecy Nash Betts in Dahmer, and Merritt Weaver in Tiny Beautiful Things. Guest actor in a comedy series, John Bernthal in The Bear, Luke Kirby in Marvelous Miss Maisel, Nathan Lane in Only Murders in the Building. You have Pedro Pascal as the host of Saturday Night Live, Oliver Platt in The Bear, Sam Richardson in Ted Lasso, outstanding guest actor in a drama series. You have Murray Bartlett in The Last of Us, Lamar Johnson in The Last of Us, Nick Offerman in The Last of Us, Caven Montreal Woodard in The Last of Us. You have Ariane Moyed in Succession, and you have James Cromwell in Succession. Outstanding guest actress in a comedy series. Becky Ann Baker in Ted Lasso. Kinta Brunson as host of Saturday Night Live. Taraji P. Henson in Abbott Elementary. Judith Light in Poker Face. Sarah Niles in Ted Lasso. And Harriet Walter in Ted Lasso. Guest actress in a drama series. Haim Abbas in Succession. Cheryl Jones, or Cherry Jones in Succession. You have Melanie Linsky in The Last of Us. Storm Reed in The Last of Us. Melanie Linsky's nominated twice. Uh, Storm Reed in The Last of Us, Anna Torv in The Last of Us, and Harriet Walter in Succession. So uh, it goes on from there. I'm not going to talk about talk series or reality or some of the other things. Um, except outstanding scripted variety series. You have a Black Lady sketch show last week, tonight, Saturday Night Live. And then outstanding variety special. Oh, where was it? Um, I Think You Should Leave was nominated for something as well. And that was... I don't know. But that show is great. Um, but those are the main big nominations for the Emmys, which will air in September. I know that was a lot of information just thrown at you guys. But hey, that's the Emmys. We're reporting on it. Anyway, uh, before we move on to T-movies, I do want to talk about... Marvel Secret Invasion, and again, I'm really digging this show. It was very fun this week, and a major bombshell was dropped in which Kevin Feige followed up with, this is not the first time they have appeared as this particular character, and a little bit of spoilers here, but someone has taken over James Rhodes, and Rhodey is currently a scroll. In the MCU. And Secret Invasion is not the first time we've seen him as a scroll, As we've been informed. So. At some point. Between. Captain America Civil War and now. Rhodey. James Rhodes. War Machine. Was replaced by a scroll. This is a major implication for the MCU. Moving forward. Uh, we also lost Talos. Ben Mendelsohn has. Uh. His character has been fatally wounded, uh, potentially. We don't know. It seems that way. Uh, last week we thought that uh, Amelia Clark's Gaia had been killed, but no. Most, uh, a lot of these scrolls have extremists now, apparently. Super scrolls are a thing. Gravik, the main evil scroll, has Groot's powers as well, as we found out. So, I think Secret Invasion, it's a limited series. It only has a few more episodes left. I think this will end up being one of the best Marvel shows at its conclusion, which is only two or three weeks away. So we'll find out very, very shortly. Anyway, let's uh, head on over to Hollywood, Holly Weird, however you want to describe it, and see what's going on in the movie world, shall we? So Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, which he originally pitched as a hard R Star Wars movie, uh, which is headed to Netflix this year, looks like it will 
potentially, uh, well, at least he wants it to be the start of a new cinematic universe. We'll have to see if it's good. Um, Hall H at Comic-Con has always been known to be the home of all the major studios announcing all their new projects, major TV networks announcing their new projects. And with most studios and things pulling out of Comic-Con, Hall H might go empty. Uh, Hall H is the biggest uh, presentation hall at, uh, at, at the San Diego Convention Center. Um, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. You know, Comic-Con, I, I, while I, I think overall this is a good thing for Comic-Con, it can kind of go back to what it is, what it was. It wasn't always supposed to be for movies and things like that. Uh, it, it could also be a bad thing because it can lead to less people coming and hurt, you know, certain revenues for the city of San Diego in, in forms of tourism. But if this means more people can get to Comic-Con that maybe have not had the chance, I, I hope that's what this opens the door to. Because uh, maybe some people that are only going for movies and stuff skip. But we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Warner Brothers has opened up about the Barbie movie map contra- controversy. As I like to say it that way all the time. So, in one of the trailers, it showed like a, a child's map of the world, and it showed a dotted line that involves contested waters in the South China Sea, which led to Vietnam banning the movie. Um, Warner Brothers has issued a statement quote, The map in Barbie Land is a childlike crayon drawing. The doodles depict Barbie's make believe journey from Barbie Land to the real world. It was not intended to make any type of statement, quote unquote. Um, it, it essentially is viewed as a pro-China map by the Vietnamese and even the Philippines. Um, so the, the movie has been banned in those places for a most ridiculous thing ever. Um, <laughs> uh, with everything going on, writer strike, Marvel movies being constantly delayed, uh, Simu Liu was asked about the future of the Shang-Chi franchise, and while we all assumed that Shang-Chi 2 would come out sometime in the near future it looks like at this point it's delayed until at least after avengers 5 6 which is what secret wars would be so uh it might be a while before we see simu Liu dressed up or suited up as shang chi again unless he's in one of the marvel movies his standalone film at least uh, the coen brothers have announced that they are getting back together to film a new movie expected Sometime in the next year. Uh, They have not worked together since the Ballad of Buster Scruggs in 2018. Insidious 3 took the weekend with over $30 million, uh, dropping Indiana Jones to second place. Uh, We got our first trailer for Ridley Scott's Napoleon film, starring Joaquin Phoenix as Napoleon Bonaparte. Looks fun. Looks like a typical Ridley Scott epic. Uh, Steven Spielberg is getting a Comic-Con exclusive action figure in honor of Jurassic Park's 30th anniversary. I think this is like the first time he's ever had an action figure of himself. Uh, it's, it's de- it depicts him filming the Dilophosaurus scene. So you get the Dilophosaurus as well. Uh, Kit Harrington has downplayed his, his role in the Blade film, saying he was never intended to be in that movie, even though I think he is now. I don't know what's going on with that movie, though. We got a new trailer for Blue Beetle, showing off more of the Scarab and its skills. Uh, James Gunn also opened up and said that the Blue Beetle will be a part of the MCU, or the MCU, the DCU, the DC Universe, but Blue Beetle will not be the first DCU film, uh, which has kind of led to people questioning why wasn't it just a full reboot, Um, but at the same time we learned that a lot of new actors have been cast in the DCU. Uh, mostly more first off they'll all be in Superman Legacy but have been cast to appear in other films as well Nathan Fillion in probably the best casting I've ever heard will play Guy Gardner red-haired bowl cut included uh, Edie Gathegi, Gathegi I'm probably saying his name wrong as Michael Holt otherwise known as Mr. Terrific um, you might recognize him he played I don't remember his character's name, but he was in X-Men First Class. He was the mutant that could like a, grow like armor over himself. Uh, Isabella Merced 
cast as Hawk Girl. And uh, Anthony Kerrigan, most notably known for Barry and in Gotham, he played Victor Zaz, has been cast as Metamorpho. Of all people, Metamorpho. James Gunn is really bringing everybody out. Uh, he did say, though, uh, on Threads, uh, quote, uh, it's, it, this won't, Superman Legacy will not be the only place you see Nathan Fillion. He said, quote, the Green Lantern show is not separate. Nate will play Guy in all parts of the DCU. Um, getting my old pal Nate a bowl cut might have been my primary reason for casting him. <laughs> Unquote. Uh, someone asked him about, you know, why are all these people in it? If it's a Superman movie, he followed up with, quote, Superman Legacy opens two years from today. It may seem far away to many of you, but it's close to me. We have a lot to do between now and then, but I, my, I haven't been more excited about a project in forever, and this cast slowly coming together. Holy cow. Um, oh, wait, no, where was it? Unquote. He said something about um, other characters showing up because obviously Superman Superman has a dual life, right? He has his life as Clark Kent with Lois and Jimmy, and he has his life with Superman with other metahumans, and that's why all these others will show up. Um, he said, they. it says, quote, they fit the story I'm telling. Stories always comes first, unquote. Um, and then he also followed up with saying, Blue Beetle and a handful of other characters will continue on in the DCU, even though the first DC Studios movie is Superman Legacy, unquote. Uh, he followed up saying, you'll be able to watch these shows that continue, i.e. Peacemaker Season 2 and some other things without needing like a refresher, I guess, which is a good thing. But others argue it should have been a full reset. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm excited for the future. That's all I'm going to say. So... Godzilla is going to be reaching his 70th anniversary as a franchise, as a character, next year. And of course, we know that uh, Godzilla and, and Kong will be releasing next year in theaters. Well, we've now learned that another Godzilla film will be hitting theaters uh, just not even six months prior to that. Uh, November, it will drop in Japan, and December 1st, it will drop here in the States. Godzilla minus one and it looks to be uh, somewhat of a reboot for the character at least in Toho's eyes yet again um, obviously they've been introducing different reboots of, of Godzilla in all different forms uh, for the last several years uh, you know with Shin Godzilla things like that this film though looks to be taking place uh, in the aftermath of World War II in a in a uh, I, I what what I would call an, a decimated Japan after its defeat um, obviously it was a broken country after, you know, us dropping two nukes on it and firebombing Tokyo, which, um, again, necessary at the time. Um, <laughs> uh, not getting into that situation, that conversation right now. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say it was a bad thing because it wasn't, um, at the time. Anyway, no, this film looks to be... Almost, it could be a retelling of the original uh, Toho film from 1954. Again, we don't know. It was a brief teaser. It barely showed Godzilla. Uh, but it does show a, a, a Tokyo in post-war, in the post-war period. Uh, I am I am a huge Godzilla fan. I'm very excited for this. Especially for the fact that we're getting two Godzilla movies in less than a six-month period. And I think people should be able to differentiate the two. Uh, one being a Japanese production, the other being a very large-budget American production. Uh, the Fast and the Furious franchise will be getting a new ride at Universal Studios Hollywood. Uh, this time, it will be getting a roller coaster. A new thrill ride will be built um, in the future. <laughs> Universal Studios put out a tweet that said, quote, uh, Buckle up, our new Fast and Furious themed roller coaster is officially under construction. Unquote. I don't know where. There's not a whole lot of room at Universal Studios Hollywood. But as long as it's better than the really bad Fast and Furious experience they have right now. Um, they just opened the Super Mario Land there too with not a whole lot of space. So if you don't know anything about Universal Studios Hollywood... 
it's it's literally built right in Hollywood, right in the Hollywood Hills, uh, on the 101 between Hollywood and North Hollywood, which are two separate cities. Um, but but in reality, it's probably one of the smallest theme parks. It's it's literally set atop a hill, um, and then it's got it. You go down like uh, um, their escalators down to like the lower area. That's where the Jurassic Park ride is. That's where Super Nintendo World is. It's very small. Um, some other rides, Backdraft used to be. But in reality, there's also the Universal Backlot that it's part of. So so it, it's a, a big part of it is literally the Universal Backlot. So they, they would have to take out like sound stages and things like that if they wanted to put this ride. Or they'd have to move... I don't know what they would move, but they'd probably take out some of the back lot, which they do use for a lot of filming. You know, there's the Bates Motel, the Jurassic Park, the Lost World set is still there, hidden behind some things. I'm sure they figured out a place to put it um, that wouldn't sacrifice too much. Again, it's, it's it's a very interesting and small theme park compared to other theme parks in the Southern California region. I, I think it, it probably gives, like, I, I would say it probably gives, like, Legoland a run for its money in terms of size. It's not that far from the Hollywood sign. Like I said, it's on the 101. Um, so it's, 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 it's a small theme park. But I think it would be awesome for them to put a roller coaster in. They're, 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 most of their rides are dark rides, and it, it would be, I think it would be very great for them to, uh, uh, to put it in, to put it in, if you ask me. I, I think that would be really, really great. Um, I can't wait to go. I haven't been to Universal in probably over 10 years, to be honest. Um, so it would be, it would be great. It would be great. And, and just to give you guys, again, a, an idea of, of it being in Hollywood, it's literally like less than a mile away from Warner Brothers' lot. So it, there's not a whole lot of space. And then there's a... Uh, it's it's L.A., right? L.A. has been built up a lot. So it, it would be, be interesting to see. And then, of course, Disney Studios is right there as well. Um, they're all literally right next to each other if you if you guys didn't know that so (laughs) they're all literally right there anyway in terms of space uh we've also learned today that bob Iger has signed an additional two-year extension on his contract with disney in his second stint as the ceo of the company which for a man that wanted to retire he's sticking around for a lot longer than than we all thought, uh, but no. Let, let's be honest. The main, the main reason we're all here today is is to talk about the news that uh, about what what's going on with Deadpool three. Early Monday morning, both Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds shared an Instagram post. That post featured Ryan Reynolds, of course, as Deadpool, and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. But it was what Wolverine was wearing. It is his comics-accurate yellow and blue suit, albeit without the mask. So, we now have confirmation. I'm trying to be calm here. (laughs) Hugh Jackman's wearing the fucking suit. Hugh Jackman is wearing the fucking suit. How long did it take? 20 fucking years. 20 years since the first X-Men movie came out. 20 fucking years... And he's finally in the suit. He is finally in the damn suit. It took that long, folks. 23 years. Let's, let's, let's clarify that. 23 fucking years. And we finally have Wolverine in a comics-accurate bright yellow and blue suit. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I like. I'm so fucking excited, man. Uh, we also learned Jennifer Garner will be reprising her role as Elektra in the film. 
Uh, Owen Wilson's been spotted on set. Several other former Fox X-Men have allegedly been spotted on set. There's rumors Ben Affleck was back as Daredevil. Again, no confirmation. Uh, but what we did see along with the photos of Wolverine in costume, and this is leading into my theory that I've had for a while that this was going to be Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe or Deadpool kills the Fox Universe at least. Deadpool and Wolverine were photographed fighting in front of a like demolished 20th Century Fox logo. And when I say demolished, I mean like the 20th Century Fox, like the thing they always do. Dun, dun, uh, the, you know, the fanfare, the, um, dun, 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 you know, that thing with like the searchlights and the big 20th. Well, that's like in like a desert and falling over. So that's my theory. Now everyone's running with that theory as well. So uh, I cannot be more hyped. It sucks he, that Ryan Reynolds can't improvise because of the writer's strike and technically he's a writer so he can't really do that um but i'm happy that this film got moved up from november of next year to i think april or may of next year oh god deadpool 3 is going to be so good but that is it folks thank you guys for listening week in week out um i don't have the review of mission impossible for you today i should have uh, i should have it next week uh, it did come out today, just uh, didn't make it to the theater, but uh, I'll have that next week, so, so hopefully you guys stay tuned for that. Other than that, I uh, make sure to check out the website, follow us on social media, and uh, I'll catch you guys on the flip side.